0: Chapter Eight of the Pirate Woman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Pirate Woman, by Aylward Edward Dingle. Chapter Eight. Dolores delivers judgment. On the level, sward before the village, the three yachtsmen paced back and forth in an ecstasy of apprehension. Pascarette had left them, after playing them like fish with her own charms and a hinted promise of Dolores' favors as bait. And the moment they were alone, Venner shook off the spell in a resurgent determination to attend the safety of his vessel in person. Follow me, Perse. Come, Tomlin, he said we are three mad fools to stand here while these pirates look and wreck the feu follet. tomlin shuddered as he started to follow purse kept silence but did not hesitate but they had not stepped ten paces before they realized fully the completeness of the helplessness for venner first to attempt the path down was brought to a halt by a musket leveled at his breast the musketeer showing only his head and shoulders above the cliff edge. And as Tomlin and Purse came up, they, too, were abruptly halted in like manner, and a grinning carib motioned each back with an unspoken comment, which was nonetheless inexorable. They returned to their first positions and resumed their nervous walk condemning themselves as utter idiots for venturing unarmed into such a nest of vipers, at the urge of curiosity, novelty, feminine attraction, greed, whatever their motives had been. And here Dolores came upon them, while all about them swarmed the disgruntled pirates from the sloop, and those of the mutineers whose object fears warned them to take whatever punishment the Queen chose to mete out rather than to escape, only to be brought back to endure penalties immeasurably more terrible. Yellow Roof and Sancho were not minded to stay, however. They had vanished, and Dolores' keen eyes noted this the moment she survived the scene. She walked swiftly to the door of the Council Hall, turned to face the mob, and lifted an arm for attention then fell a hush full of anxiety or terror according to the degree of culpability in the consciousness of her audience summon every creature in the village she cried and let no man or woman dare to leave this place until ye hear my thoughts concerning this day's work men scattered eagerly through the huts calling by name all who were not present in the crowd and presently more of the community came out the faces mostly reflecting the terror that was in their souls for none might ever foretell the moods of the queen inscrutable as night her eyes were like pools of violet shadow wherein lurked promise or threat of unimaginable things every line of her face and form was a line of a riddle that could prove in the solution Either magnificent generosity, fearless justice, or implacable vengeance. Like the lightning, Dolores struck where she willed, and in what fashion she chose. It was useless to attempt avoidance. Venner and his friends looked on curiously, a feeling aching to awe pervading them at the increasing evidence before their eyes of the power wielded by the splendid fury they had yet to know when all were present except those whose activities on the schooner had already procured them a passport to another world dolores swept the crowd with a penetrating glance and called for milo who appeared from the rear of the council hall laden with chains and bilbos which he cast down at her feet then the angry impatience of the disappointed sloops crew proved too intense and caliban bounded to the front Squealing shrilly, the faint may take you with your irons. Shall we, men who followed Red Jabez through a sea of blood, coward to a woman of such soft metal, dolores, queen, a woman avenge? It is for you, not us, to explain. Let's, he shrieked, flashing out and hurrying his companions, back me in this. We will know where this loop lacked powder. Why, today's work has brought no reward. The deformed little demon stepped back to the crowd and paced to and fro with feverish gestures, scowling blackly at every turn that brought him face to face with Dolores. The packed mob milled and murmured, some afraid, many of Caliban's mind, yet not daring to openly support him venner and his friends sensed the thrill of it for their brief experience of the pirate queen left them in slight doubt as to the outcome of caliban's speech dolores herself stood motionless for a full minute after the hunchback ceased his defiance and under her lowered heavily lashed eyelids the dark eyes seemed to slumber only in her lips was any trace of the alertness that governed her brain and those scarlet petals, which seemed to have been plucked from a love-flower in the garden of passion, slowly, almost imperceptibly parted, until the dazzling teeth gleamed through in a smile that none might yet determine whether soft or terrible. And as the seconds heaped suspense upon suspense, the overbold Caliban was seized with a choking fear, that he was to pay the price then dolores spoke slowly quietly almost soothingly and those of her hardened ruffians who thought they knew her best hung on her words in shivery uncertainty for those bold words Caliban, my father had stripped thy poisonous skin from thy putrid flesh yesterday thy queen might not have proved more merciful yet do i know how thy disappointment chaves thy brave soul and because of that thy harsh speech goes unpunished the hush intensified for the leniency of dolores was little less to be feared than her fury a smile of ineffable radiance broke over her beautiful face and she extended her right hand and said still in the same slow even voice come Caliban, thou art worthy of my mercy kneel that i may know thy heart is right now the suspense reached its climax somewhere behind those softly spoken words surely lurked some awful cunningly cloaked thread Caliban went white, ghastly his brave tongue stuck to his palate and the thin lips slavered with growing panic come caliban the girl's comment was uttered no louder her expression was unchanged in her glorious eyes gleamed no trace of anything other than benign forgiveness she remained motionless as before with her rounded arm and shapely hand extended in a manner that revealed their every perfection come caliban again the words fell from her smiling lips and now the quivering hunchback obeyed drawn irresistibly by her magnetism, sick with dread of the stroke he in common with all his mates expected to fall kneel see i give thee my hand to kiss dolores said and smiled upon the cowering wretch with a tender brilliance that sent a tremendous flutter through the hearts of the three yachtsmen. Caliban knelt and took the proffered hand. Then, at her word, he stood before her, scarcely certain yet that his head was solidly established on his shoulders. She motioned him to stand on one side of her, then, a before him, collar, she addressed the puzzled throng. My bold sea tigers, the ship that escaped thy sloop is but one ship. The seas are full of such. Yet until today, how many have you been forced to let go because of thy poor equipment and craft? Thy sloop, how small, how old? Yet what rich prey escaped thy guns since the red sheaf's swift brick laid her bones here? None yet ye complain because i prevented thee destroying the beautiful schooner the gods have this day sent to us now the purport of a speech struck home the seemingly soft-brained weakness that had forbidden the rape and pillage of the schooner stood in part explained and as the light filtered through thick skulls and shone upon all but atrophied brains a deep muttering swelled into the embryo of a throaty cheer that needed but one look of encouragement from dolores to spring into noisy life as for venner his expression was reflected in tomlin and both in purse and awakening or resurrected the fear was the keynote of all the vampire means to suck us dry, after all whispered venner hoarsely his friends could only squeeze his arm in mute sympathy. They harboured no doubts at all. Dolores went on With such a vessel as this pointing to the schooner, that in your man today had never shown heels, and more How think ye my store is replenished Dost think I tap the rock for wine? Does me look crush the granite and bring forth meat for their hungry bellies? Are my treasures kept as high tide by snatching the colors from the sunset? Fools! she cried, and for a moment passion conquered her calm. In that corner are wines that will make thy hot blood living flame, meats that will put teeth into the throats of the toothless, treasures fit for thy queen's treasury, and more to thy hand, my brave jackals, those pretty pieces of ordnance which the sun even now paints with liquid gold, will outrange the guns of a king's ship. Pausing, she bent upon the murmuring crew a look of blazing majesty, then concluded with a vibrant demand. Now dost know why thy queen withheld thy senseless hand from witless destruction? Her question was scarcely heard before the answer came. From a hundred rusty throats pealed a hussar that rolled out over the sea and sent the seabirds quaking with fright to more peaceful surroundings. Dolores, Dolores, that's a queen for the tribe of Jolly Rocha, howled Henglip, and Tumult rang again. The girl raised her hand, and silence fell once more. Hear my judgment upon such of ye as are not of thy mind, she cried, and now the smile had gone, her eyes flashed and the words fell red-hot from their scornful lips. I demand no tales from thy mouths, hiding among these woods, yellow roof and Sancho, he of the one eye and the mutilated hand, think to ward off my vengeance by meridian to-morrow, I command those traitors to be brought to me. Fail in this, and ye shall see that Dolores can be terrible too. The crowd took this as a dismissal. And broke into parties to scour the woods, only slaves and women remained and Pascarette ran to her mistress's side and whispered with a sidelong look of coquettish allurement at Venner and his friends. something about to happen. Venner whispered, hoping that it might prove something in recompense for his day of stress. Dolores cast a look of cool indifference toward them and told Milo. Put these strangers in separate chambers, Milo. Iron them securely and look to it well. Thou art answerable for them. No more. She took Pasqueret and departed. End of Chapter Eight.